Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. If there's any psalm that you know, you probably know this one. If there's any Bible verse that you know, you probably know this one, or at least bits of uh, this one. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I, I want to say, they read this out at funerals. Don't wait that long. Don't wait that long. This is a good psalm. Everyone, every funeral song of the Lord is that. It's like, like, no, this is a good psalm. Read it, read it now. Don't wait till that day. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to talk about these three also verses today. In the Psalm of David, this Psalm of David, we find one of the most common symbols, one of the most common pictures of God in scriptures, that of the God, God as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's one of the most common pictures used in uh, scripture. And what I love about the psalm is it's a beautiful picture of who God is and who he desires to be to us. It's a picture of who God is and who he desires to be to you here today. He desires to be your shepherd. And so I want to share a few thoughts with you today that I have learned from our friends and from our time in Israel that have helped me and I pray they will help you as we gain and I guess maybe a deeper insight into what is actually being suggested in that psalm really from a Hebrew perspective rather than a Western perspective because sometimes we can get a different picture and so I've learned some things I pass that uh, uh, on to you and uh, uh, praying that it will bless you and so when we think about uh, this psalm psalm 23 David wasn't just writing this using poetic language or imagery he was actually talking about his experience he was before he was a king he was a shepherd so he's not just trying to build a, a picture he was actually a shepherd that was his job that's what he did and so he's using this picture to describe how God can relate to him and how God relates to us he was he was saying I know what it is to be a shepherd I know what it's like to be a shepherd, and he's saying, God, you are like that to me. You are like a shepherd to me. I know what it's like to be a shepherd, and you are like a shepherd to me. See, in our Western culture, when we talk about God, if I was to ask the question, this is a question I've asked many times, and usually I get the same answer. If I was asking the question, even in this room, and I asked you know, what is God like? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Most people here would probably say, God is love. God is love. What is God like? God is love. That's the first thing that for many people that comes to mind. God is, others might say, God is mercy, merciful. God is holy. God is righteous. And all those things are true and biblical and important things to understand. But they can be a little bit difficult to wrap our heads around because they're a little bit abstract 
Yet in the Eastern way of thinking, if you were to ask them, what is God like, or uh, please describe God, they might say, God is like a rock. Or, or they might say he's a strong tower. Helen used it before. He's a firm foundation. And so, uh, again, if I asked you to get a pen and to draw that or describe that, if I said, Nanny, you now you draw God as love. Well, what does that look like? How do, I, how do I draw that? That's kind of abstract. But if I was to say uh, uh, God is a shield to you, what does that look like? You can draw a, a shield. If I, if I was to say God is like a, a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and be safe, what does that look like? You can draw that. And it's almost like God is trying to take everyday realities, everyday things that we know and understand to help us with the everyday things that we can know and see to help us understand the things we can't see. It's like he's taking everyday realities to help us understand eternal realities. You can see that even with Jesus and his parables. In his parables, he, he would say things like, the kingdom of heaven is like. And it was like all kinds of things that we would know. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. It's like a farmer. It's like a landowner. It's like a, it's like a lamp. And so he would use everyday things to describe eternal realities. And so here we get a picture of something we can know and understand when we hear the words, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know everything about shepherds, but I know something. And I can get a picture in my mind that God cares for me. He cares for me. The Lord is my shepherd, it says, and I shall not want. It goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't know about you, but I, when I think about this, when I've heard this psalm over the years, I've been a Christian a while, but when I, when I hear this psalm, he makes me lie down in green pastures, what's always popped up in my mind is what we see every day in New Zealand. When you're driving on New Zealand, Every day when you're driving down the road, you see these hills rolling with grass, with, with, with sheep meandering over it. And this is what I imagine green pastures looks like. Uh, after all, why wouldn't I? This, this, this is what we see every day in Aotearoa. This is how uh, the picture is. But I want to tell you today, when David was describing green pastures, this was not what he had in mind. That was not what he had in mind when he was talking about green pastures. When, when David wrote about green pastures, he was actually talking about this. He was actually talking about the Judean wilderness. This, where, this is where David did his shepherding. It was in this place. And of course, we look at it and go, that does not look like green pastures to me, however, this is what David was speaking of. And again, it can be a little bit hard to understand. And again, when we were in Israel uh, a couple of years ago, and we traveled, I think, from the Galilee area, and we went past Jericho. And as we were past, uh, passing Jericho, we came to a T intersection, one 
area went back, obviously down to the Dead Sea, and another area went up to Jerusalem. And so I remember as we took this turn, and you can see the land behind the sign. That is the Judean wilderness. There's a close picture. It is a very dry place. It was stinking hot too. I, I thought India was hot. Uh, that was hot. It was like 40, oh, plus 40 actually, uh, degrees. We were all thanking God for air conditioning on the bus. And I uh, just want to tell you. And so we made this turn. And if you, you turn the other way, it goes, as it says there, to the Dead Sea. And uh, of course, the Dead Sea is 400 meters below sea level. And so uh, again, it's the lowest point on earth, actually. And so we'd start making the ascent up into Jerusalem. And as we went through the Judean wilderness, one of the things you noticed, the closer you got to Jerusalem, is you would see shepherds with their sheep. They'd be scattered across the land. Shepherds with their sheep. And I remember thinking out as I looked out the window and looked at the land they were walking on, it's like, what do they eat? There's nothing there. I mean, how, how do these sheep, I mean, how do they survive in the heat? And how, what, what on earth do they have to eat uh, in this kind of uh, desert? But as I've learned from our uh, friends in Israel, that there is more to see than meets the eye. The closer one looks, the more is initially revealed than we thought. And so if you look close up at the dry ground, this is a tuft of grass for your uh, uh, viewing. Uh, this is a tuft of grass growing in the wilderness desert. And this grass pops up all over the place. See, what happens actually in the Judean wilderness is the Mediterranean blows Across the Mediterranean, wind blows across the sea and then brings moisture over the desert. And when the warm, humid air, like I said, it's very, very hot. It's not just hot, it's humid. Okay, so the air is thick. So when that warm, humid air hits the side of a hill, the side of, or the side of a piece of rock or the side of a bulba, a bulba, I don't even know what a bulba is, that's Hebrew, okay? Or the side of a boulder, when it, when it sits, dew forms, that dew drops on the ground, seeds sprout, and overnight seeds will come up, grass will grow. And you can see there, if you have a close look, if you can't see it, time to go to Specsavers. But if you look up on the top there, you can see green forming on the hill, and that will pop up almost overnight. And so that's what it's talking about when it's talking about green pastures. And so these, uh, I, I want you to understand here, this is about, or the whole thing is about that the sheep need to look to the shepherd for the green pasture. Yeah. Uh, they don't know where it is. They need to rely on the shepherd to lead them to that place where the green pasture is. Because again, there's not enough stuff uh, uh, to feed uh, um, them for very long. That might last a day or two. And the next mouthful might be on the ridge over here. The next mouthful might be on the ridge over there. And so they needed to learn to rely on the shepherd for this mouthful and for the next mouthful. That's why it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, the shepherd will take care of me. He will feed me. He will lead me to places that will sustain me 
even in the wilderness. Friends, I want to tell you, you might be in a wilderness right now. You might be in a dry place right now. But I want to tell you, trust the shepherd. He will lead you to where you can get your, your mouth full. And here's the thing. It's not that he gives us like, listen, if you picture green pastures like we have in New Zealand with knee-high grass and the sheep grazing, who needs a shepherd in that? You don't need a shepherd in that. See, some of you are relying on all the pasture you have around you. Some of you are relying on all the provision that's there. I'm not forgetting that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. But we've got to understand in the midst of this that we need the shepherd to lead us because we're trusting in stuff that can be here today and gone tomorrow. And so we need to trust in the shepherd to lead us to where our next mouthful is. And then the next mouthful, and then the next mouthful, and then the next mouthful. It's in the green pastures that David was speaking about. The sheep have to rely completely on the shepherd. I shall not want. That's why we need to trust in the Lord. With all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. We need to trust the shepherd. Like I say, if that's our picture of green pasture, like what we see in New Zealand, we don't need a shepherd for that. That's why New Zealand, you don't, you don't walk around, you don't see shepherds. And in a culture that tells us to value our inner. God, God the shepherd is wanting to remind us. God the shepherd is calling us to be dependent on him. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting our shepherd to daily lead us to where the next mouthful yeah. is found. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, we want it for the next five weeks. Oh, just can't, can't you just tell me the plan? <laughs> just get it, just, you know. <laughs> right, it's just like, oh man, do I have to wait? So no, no, it's daily bread. Gives you enough for today. He leads you for today. Give us this day our daily bread. In fact, one rabbi, a rabbi is just a teacher. Jesus was a rabbi, someone who teaches. One rabbi said this about worry. Well, I hope this helps somebody today. Rabbi said this about worry. He said, worry is worrying about tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. Well, that's so good. I'm going to read it again. It's helping me. I don't know if it's helping you. Worry is worrying about tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. Give us this day our daily bread. And so Psalm 23 reminds us that our dependency is to be on God. The shepherd, not our career, not our retirement package, not our relationship status, not the number of likes we get on Instagram. Come on. If the Lord really is our shepherd, then we need to rely on him for every minute of every hour of every day. And when we do that, the Bible says we shall not want. We shall not want. He will lead us 
besides still waters, we will have water uh, to drink. Someone asked me in, after the last service, did you see the still waters? And I want to tell you, and we were in there and some, I didn't see any still water. I didn't see any water. Except in Engedi, near that sign, where water comes out of the ground in the middle of the desert. And, and it doesn't come like at the lowest point. It comes out of a spring on a hill and then flows down. That's where David hid from Saul. Just in the middle of the desert, the water comes out. He will lead you. Though. Every animal needs to drink. And you, you will have to find places where you can drink. I do want to tell you, the shepherd knows where the drinking holes are. The shepherd knows where, where it is. Friends, you're looking, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to tell you, trust God to lead you to the place where you can drink, where it will restore your soul. The Lord is really our shepherd. We shall not want. He will lead us beside still waters. We will have water to drink. He restores my soul. And then it says this, and he will lead me on paths of righteousness. In the NIV it says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And I want you to notice there, he doesn't say path. Just give me the path. It says paths. It's plural. There's more. He will lead me along the right paths in our journey. That's why, again, we, we need to trust the shepherd. Because it's not just a path. There are paths. It's interesting in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for paths in Psalm 20. It's used in Psalm 23. You can check it out later. It's the same word that's used to describe someone walking around in circles. It's the word magol. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it means a track or as circular. And it comes from the root word agol, which means to revolve, circular, to go round. And it has this in mind when he's using it. See, when the shepherd needs to get the sheep to safely up those steep hills, as you see, these are very steep hills. They're not going to say, okay, let's go down. I didn't, neither do we do that. When they build a road, they don't build a road that just goes down like that. You, you, it's crazy. So they'll build a road that moves around like this. The same is so for the shepherd. They can't just let the sheep go straight down or go straight up. They will fall, get injured. And so they lead the sheep around the mountain in circles. And so even today, when you go to Israel, you can see, you can look at the hills in the wilderness. And you'll see circular paths cut into the side of the hill. This is what David was speaking about. These are paths. These are the paths that he was speaking about. Paths of righteousness. Paths to safety. Paths to danger. And this is how the, the shepherd of Psalm 23 gets the sheep safely down or up the mountain. And so many times when we think of paths of righteousness, we, we, we think about the obvious path that we would know to, know to stay on. 
And yet, in all honesty, the truth is that our lives feel more like, like this. Our lives feel more like, like this. What, what, what path do I take, God? Which way do you want me to go? Should I go there? Should I go there? And this is why it's so important that we trust the shepherd. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He will make your path straight. And so we need to trust Him in this journey because our life often looks like that with many decisions and choices. You ever made a dumb choice? Those who didn't put your hand up, lying's a problem too. I'm just telling you, it's just like we have all made dumb choices. We've all done dumb, stupid stuff. I'll ask that question again. Full honesty and disclosure, please. Who has done dumb stuff in their life? Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. The reality is we need the shepherd to be leading and guiding us in our lives. So many choices, so many options. We need to know which is the right way to go. And maybe today you're faced with choices. Maybe today you're faced with decisions that you've got to make. Trust the shepherd. That's exactly why we need a shepherd in the first place. And of course, as you know, sheep are not the most intelligent. Come on. Sheep are not the most intelligent animals, but they know, they do know and recognize their shepherd's voice. And in all honesty, I thank God for the shepherd's voice in my life that's stopped me from doing some dumb stuff, but also led me to do some amazing things. Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And of course, Jesus, the scripture, the scripture is called the good shepherd. And he tells us in scripture of the story of the shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep and goes after the one. Goes after the one that is lost. And so it just reminds us today of the heart of God who will leave the crowd to minister to the hurting. And so I want to say today, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done to distance yourself from God. Understand this, the heart of the shepherd pursues you. The heart of the shepherd will go after, after you. In fact, someone observed this about shepherds in Israel. And I, I've... I can vouch for this. I've seen this in India among the shepherds when we lived there. But when all the sun was up and the day was bright, the shepherd would lead the sheep and the sheep would follow. But as the sun began to set and it began to get dark, the shepherd would pull back and be amongst the sheep. He would, instead of leading them, he would be with them. When it got dark, can I just tell you, it doesn't matter how dark your life is right now. 
you've got to know that your shepherd is with you. He's not somewhere out there. He is with you. God is with us when it's dark and it's difficult. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, it says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. Starts off, he leads me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he changes. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are what? With me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the charge to all of us as believers here today is will you let the good shepherd lead you? Will you let the good shepherd guide you? Will you trust him daily for your care and for your needs that you shall not want? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In verse 14 it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I want to ask you today, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know the shepherd who I talk about today?